Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Jihad in Ukraine. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I am Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist, with a really interesting uh, tale for you today um, about jihad in Ukraine. Yes, um, you may well not have heard about this because uh, it has not been um, very much at, or if or at all in the mainstream media. Um, and there, uh, Ukraine has become a war zone, not just for Russian and Ukrainian troops, but for seemingly anyone who wants an excuse to fight, to kill and or be killed. Um, to kill in a socially acceptable manner, as opposed to going down to your local uh, 9/11 and and uh, robbing them, you know, um, having that a feeling like you have a reason, you know, a um, a uh, noble reason behind you is a lot better. Um, and the, but the interesting thing is that the terrorists are fighting on both sides. There are some terrorists who are fighting for Ukraine, and there are some terrorists who are fighting for Russia. They're fighting against each other. So this could be <laughs> the um, counterterrorism solution we have all been hoping for. If they kill, if the terrorists kill each other in Poland, uh, not that we want, you know, more deaths in Poland, quite frankly, but if it's just the terrorists <laughs> killing each other, that could be um, uh, the uh, accidental, you know, the accidentally found counterterrorism solution. Well, let me tell you, about, I'm going to be talking to you about, um, you know, all of these different forces and, and why they're fighting for Ukraine or fighting for Russia, the, the terrorists and others. Um, but it's a spoiler alert. It's, you know, this is rather, um, it's kind of like, it's going to maybe sound like the, the joke, the comedy routine about baseball, you know, who's on first, what's on second. So I'm going to try to make this as clear as possible. But, it, of course, you know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, as much as I try to make it sound clear, um, it really is kind of crazy. So, okay, but let's first talk about what has happened today in the Ukraine-Russia saga. And that is that there was a meeting um, in Turkey and uh, between um, delegates from Ukraine and Russia, you know, trying to come to a peaceful solution. Um, they're not talking about the terrorists. I'm not, but I'm, um, there's a reason why I'm mentioning this first. Uh, first of all, it just happened today. 
uh, your terrorist therapist is right on top of the news. <laughs> and also there is a, a connection to Turkey that is um, connected to terrorists. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. But first, about the talks today. The, there seems to have been some progress for a change in the talks between Ukrainian and Russian uh, representatives. And Russia has said that it will radically reduce military activity near Kiev and Cherniev after what they consider meaningful peace talks with Ukraine. So we have perhaps, um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, perhaps, at least between, at least between uh, Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> the terrorists may well want to keep up the war, however, once Russia and Ukraine make peace, which would be kind of a an ironic twist and sort of tragic, well, depending upon who who's looking at it, a tragic, tragic, a tragic twist if, in fact, uh, it means more deaths in Ukraine. So, um, you know, I tweeted about this today um, that there could that this could be a sign of hope. Um, do we dare hope for peace? And yes, if um, somebody muzzles Biden and doesn't let him out to say things that um, antagonize Putin, you know, like calling him a war criminal or like saying uh, he cannot continue to um, be in power. So if we can keep him muzzled, if we can keep Biden muzzled, um, there really seems like there may be a chance for peace. Now, what is the strange connection between Turkey and uh, and Russia and Ukraine besides this peace conference, um, the Turkish president has been rallying Turks in the European Union to, quote, work harder to advance the causes of Allah, quote, the causes of Allah, unquote. So while Turkey is hosting Ukraine and Russia, making peace talks, they are also stirring up Turks who want to fight for the cause of Allah. Yes, it's, you know, I said it was going to be like who's on first. Um, he sees Turkish people living in Europe as his own citizens. And he says, Turkey does not belong in NATO. Well, well, um, Wait a minute. He didn't say that. <laughs> I'm saying that, and and people are saying that who um, who are concerned about what his um, what his goals are. Turkey doesn't belong in NATO. It should have been ejected a long time ago because um, the president of Turkey is an Islamic supremacist, and he's made no secret about his his long-term ambition of global conquest and because he wants to revive the Ottoman Empire. This is all um, terrorist kinds of goals um, because his he wants to rally these Turks in Europe to fight his political Islamist cause or to help his political Islamist cause. So, um, he wants these Turkish people to unite under one nation and one flag 
and to, um, you know, have a, um, a, a an Islamist, that the nation would be Islamist um, and would um, conquer other countries. Now, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's so bizarre in so many different ways because of that, of course, that's what Putin's is, was and is Putin's aim uh, to put the USSR back together. And it's at the same time, the Turkish president wants to put his empire together, and yet he's holding peace talks in Turkey. Um, so he is trying to uh, the president, president, uh, or, or he's, the president of Turkey is trying to um, interfere in European affairs, and he's trying to use Turks and Muslims. As a Trump card, so to speak, nothing to do with President Trump, former President Trump, Trump cards against the nations. He, he's calling on Turks and Muslims to, um, to help him form this Ottoman Empire or reform it. Um, he said, quote, the next pillar of the bridge we built from the past to the future should should and will be the places where we live in Europe. So he, you know, he um, wants to derail any plans devised by European governments. While he's in NATO, um, he is really having his own plans, um, basically terrorist kinds of plans. Uh, his, his terrorists, his form of terrorism. Now, to, to put that aside for a minute, Turkey's role. Now we have other terrorists um, and, who are fighting jihad in Ukraine. And these terrorists, um, well, first let me, you know, a few weeks ago, a prominent Twitter account that is associated with Al Qaeda recently posted something that claimed that the exiled Chechen leader, Ahmed Zakayev, offered to sign a military cooperation agreement with Ukrainian Prime Minister Zelensky. Um, he offered to send Chechen volunteers to join Ukrainian soldiers in fighting against the Russian invaders. And at the same time, there was increasing chatter among jihadist circles about whether to send terrorists, you know, the radical Islamist terrorists, into um, Poland, uh, into Poland. That's another story. I'll get to Poland. But um, into Ukraine. And um, the question, now remember, this came out on March 10th. So it's been about three weeks ago or two weeks, well, two or three weeks ago. And since then, you know, that's when they posted this. But since then, there have been terrorists coming into Ukraine. I mean, they sort of floated the idea. And since then, there have been terrorists, both for Ukraine and for Russia, coming into Ukraine. Now, there there was discussion during these weeks or, um, about whether joining the Ukrainian forces constitutes a legitimate form of jihad or um, and whether providing aid to non-Muslims would be um, 
would constitute a holy war. Now, um, Ukraine, I mean, that's what he was saying, okay, um, the Chechen leader Ahmed Zakhaev was talking about this. Um, now, he, so he wanted to, he was saying, if such an act promotes Muslim interest, does it con constitute a holy war? Now, Ukraine is predominantly Christian, and there are approximately um, from, you know, it's a very big estimate from a, a very wide, different estimate, but there are estimates from 300,000 to 2 million Muslims in Ukraine. Um, but some jihad groups are saying that even this minority, this Muslim minority in Ukraine, still um, justifies participating in the fighting and protecting Ukraine against Russia. Um, so now, even though, um, so at the, the, they were now this is uh, three weeks ago, or you know, around March. 10th, they were trying to, they were debating this. Should they, should they fight for Ukrainians? And then, of course, um, then other people, you know, the idea of whether, whether fighting in Ukraine is jihad, um, then, then came the debates as to whether fighting for Ukrainians would be jihad, would be, can, um, authorized, so to speak, as jihad, or whether fighting for Russians would be um, considered jihad, would be that that's the way to go. And I'm going to now, in the next segment, I'm going to tell you about all the different, there are at least five um, different terrorist groups, um, some of whom are fighting for Russia and some are fighting for Ukraine. So <laughs> that's a spoiler alert. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show where we're talking today about jihad in Ukraine. Now, um, the war, the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine, has divided Muslim clerics. And uh, they have been debating which, which side would constitute a legitimate holy war. And they are very divided. Um, and so there are Muslims, um, terrorists, fighting on both sides. Now, wait, pause. <laughs> um, I, as I always say this, I always uh, clarify. I, of course, am not saying that all Muslims are terrorists and not all terrorists are Muslim. Uh, but in regard to the, what I'm talking about today, um, we can consider for the same, them terrorists. I'm talking about the people, well, they are terrorists because they're coming into uh, Ukraine and terrorizing people. For that matter, you know, um, Russia has been considered as terrorist too, but Russia, Russia is not radical Islamist. All right. So, um, let's go into the, I promised you five different groups who are fighting in Ukraine, some for Ukraine and some for Russia. Uh, it kind of goes along with the saying, one man's terrorist is, is another man's freedom fighter. So let's start with the Chechen Islamic scholar, uh, Salak Meziev, um, has said that the Russian invasion of Ukraine is a jihad. He has pronounced it a jihad. 
and it said that it should be fought for the, quote, for the Quran, for God, unquote, in order to save Islam and Russia against the filth of NATO forces. So the, this, these people would be fighting for Russia. Um, on the other hand, the Syrian jihadist group, Hayat Tahrir, Tahrir al-Sham, um, is fighting for Ukraine. They declared that, quote, the Chechens fighting with the Russian army are apostates. They have departed from the religion of Islam, even if they claim to be Muslims who fast and perform the five daily prayers. They are siding with an enemy, meaning Russia, who openly shows enmity against Islam. Volunteering in the Russian army is blasphemy, unquote. Okay, so we have one for Russia, one for Ukraine. Here's here, the Muslim Brotherhood is for both. Um, the Muslim Brotherhood says that medieval... Um, a medieval Islamist legal expert had allowed Muslims to join both sides of a war fought among infidels. So they're saying that both Russia, Russians and Ukrainians are infidels. So you can fight on either side. Uh, Muslims, therefore, Muslims are allowed to join either side of the Russia-Ukraine war to pit one set of infidels against the other. Now, just like I was saying earlier about this is the solution to terrorism, pitting uh, terrorists against each other, those on the side of Ukraine and those on the side of Russia. Um, he, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood is saying that um, they could join either side as long as they kill infidels, the Russians and the, and the Ukrainians. Okay, then we have another um, group terrorist group that wants to fight for Russia. And um, Russia is allowing, you know, Russia is having a lot of military casualties. So anybody who wants to fight for them are allowed in. Um, they He has allowed Chechen strongman Ramzan Kadyrov to send in um, Muslim volunteer fighters into Ukraine. Now, these are for Russia. Um, and um, uh, okay, so that's that's his group, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the the Chechens, uh, the the Kadyrov Chechens, are fighting for Russia. Now, for the UK again, for Ukrainian. For the Ukrainians against Russia, there is a separatist Chechen group, and they are defending Ukraine. And um, these are this is these are under the leader um, Zokhar Dudayev. Uh, they're his battalion. They're fighting against the Russians. Um, and in fact, he delivered a message to the Ukrainians, I'm talking about Zokhar Dudeyev, and he said, quote, Dear Ukrainians, please do not see those people uh, talking about 
his, um, no, talking about Kadyrov's volunteer forces, the other Chechens, um, don't see them. So, uh, so Zokar is telling uh, the Ukrainians, dear Ukrainians, please don't see those people, in other words, the other Chechens, um, as Chechens. <laughs> they are traitors, puppets of Russia. Um, real Chechens are standing with you, bleeding with you, as they have in the last eight years. So even so, the Chechens are fighting against each other, and on the grounds of Ukraine. I mean, really, you know, it's the, the, the tragedy of this whole thing. Well, the whole thing is tragic, and Russia shouldn't have started this in the first place, of course. But what's really uh, especially tragic is that the Ukrainians are getting the worst of it, whether it's Russians or terrorists or these, any of these different kinds of terrorists, um, they are getting the worst of it. The Ukrainian people are getting the worst of it. Um, now, also, the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, this is, have also, um, now these, I'm not talking about terrorists right now. The, um, aside from the terrorists, the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service has alleged that the British and U.S. intelligence services are sending in non-state militants, some of them from West Asia into Ukraine, from Poland. So Russia is saying, in addition to all the terrorists who are coming in, some for Russia and some against, they're, they're trying to say that um, Britain and the U.S. are sending in uh, soldiers, um, militants, you know, from other countries, because, of course, we, the U.S. is trying, and NATO, are, are being careful to not send in um, people who represent the U.S. or NATO, because then it would give Putin an excuse to declare World War III. Now, in addition to all of these fighters, there has been an influx of white supremacist fighters. I'm telling you, from what I said at the beginning, anybody who's angry, anybody who has a fight, um, in them, wants to kill or be killed, kill in a socially acceptable way, um, or be killed, just like, you know, it's just like um, suicide by cop. Um, this is suicide by, take your pick, uh, Ukrainian, Russians, terrorists. Um, they're just, you're coming in there to fight. I mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, so many people have been killed and injured in, in Ukraine and Kids left as orphans, and uh, it's just, just tragic. All right, so here's, this is what's happening with the white supremacist fighters. Um, the influx of jihadist militants um, may not be the bulk of the foreign fighters who have joined the war. It may, there are also um, people called, well, you know, the, the I've talked about this in a prior podcast that Zelensky has asked people to um, put out a wanted, you know, Uncle Sam wants you. Um, I've been I've been promoting this, actually, that Uncle Zelensky wants you. Um, and he has uh, asked for people to come really pretty much from any country except for Russia to come and join the Ukrainian army. And he calls it uh, his international legion. So he, you know, Ukraine, uh, Zelensky, of course, needs help. Uh, Ukraine needs help. And there have been lots of people who have come, uh, who have joined this international legion. 
Um, but what they're saying now, and it's not really clear how to how many people this is. I mean, there are lots of people who joined the, the inter, Ukraine's International Legion. Some of them have been infiltrated by white supremacist groups who support Ukraine's own far-right organizations. And, of course, it's questionable how many people we're talking about here in terms of far-right. Um, but one of the groups uh, is called the Azov Battalion, and that's been banned. One of these far-right groups is, is called the Azov Battalion, and that's been banned by the U.S. as a, quote, foreign terrorist organization because of its alleged neo-Nazi connections. I mean, you, you, you can't tell the players. By, they, they should be wearing, uh, well, I guess they do wear different uniforms, but I'm, I think it gets confusing. Um, so let's see. During the, during, during the war, um, U- Ukrainian National Guard showed a video tweeted by Azov fighters, the bad guys, in other words, which showed them coding their bullets with pig fat for use against Muslim Chechens fighting in support of Russia. Well, are they really the bad guys? Because we, you know, um, they're fighting terrorists and they're fighting the people who are in support of Russia. I mean, that's the thing. You, It's my enemy. Like I was talking about last time, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's hard to, uh, hard to, um, you know, make out who, there are too many people, too many cooks spoil the broth, and it har- it's, you can't really say that in a simple way anymore. Um, Ukraine lifted visa restrictions, uh, and it, they are saying that 52 countries, you know, people from 52 countries have volunteered to fight in Ukraine in this um, international um, legion to fight for Ukraine. And... Um, the, and and if they're saying that the influx of foreigners to support Ukraine are about 40,000 to 100,000 people. I mean, that's a big, big difference, but of course it's hard to, hard to tell on the battlefield. Um, so now there also, <laughs> there are also Nazis who have come to join the war. Um, they are just like the terrorists. The jihadists, they're also divided on which side they want to fight. Um, Now, some foreign far-right groups are hesitant to support Ukraine's Jewish president Zelensky, who, by the way, is a grandson of a Holocaust survivor. Others have taken exception to Putin's remarks that his forces are fighting for the denazification of Ukraine. So even these Nazi fighters can't decide who to fight for or and against. Now, the bottom line is, oh, well, this segment has gone on for a while. I will give you the bottom line to this, uh, this um, uh, soup of fighters uh, in the next segment. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm, I hope I haven't uh, fried your brain with all of these um, examples of people who are um, fighting jihad, basically, 
uh, in Ukraine. That, that would be the radical Islamist terrorists fighting jihad. But then we also have other parties um, from far right uh, fighters to Nazi fighters, again, not being able to decide, all of these groups can't decide who to fight for, Ukraine or Russia. So, and, and they are killing each other, which is, you know, the best thing, um, better thing than killing the Ukrainians. But of course, the Ukrainians are the collateral damage while these people are just uh, choosing to fight there. And so, Really, uh, Ukraine has become a new hub for transnational terror, the new hub. So there are foreign fighters, private mercenaries, religious and racial uh, radicalized militants in this ongoing war, complicating the war. I mean, I don't know how they know who to shoot at or fire missiles at when there are all these... Um, this soup, this vegetable soup of, um, of, of people fighting, people with weapons. Um, now, the, the problem is that both Russia and Ukraine, who have been losing their uh, fighters, I think Russia has been losing more fighters on their side, um, since they have been losing fighters, you know, the idea of somebody else, anyone else, for whatever reason they have, whether it's jihad or whatever, uh, or Nazis or, you know, hating Zelensky, um, they they want people to fight for them. And same thing, of course, um, for Zelensky. He put out this call, Uncle Zelensky wants you. Um, so now... Uh, so part of the part of the reason why they're I mean they're they're desperate of course for people to help them both Russia and Ukraine, um, but also they are tempted to have these mercenary forces and these jihadists and so on to fight for them because they are better trained in urban and guerrilla warfare than um, than some of the the people who they have in their military and also. Russia and Ukraine can deny um, any violations of the international humanitarian rules from the Geneva Convention. They can say this was it wasn't a Russian who did it, or it wasn't a Ukrainian who did it. It's a uh, jihadist, you know. Um, anyhow, needless to say, this is making the whole uh, war zone much more dangerous. And we have seen this happen before. It's like people don't learn their lessons from the past. He who forgets history is doomed to repeat it. That has been my, uh, I have been repeating that on and on, particularly um, in regard to 9-11. But it's also in regard to Afghanistan, the Af Afghanistan war against the Soviet Union. And, you know, Afghanistan became just like, just like um, Ukraine is now, you, Afghanistan became a, a war zone for people from all different countries and all different, um, all, for all different reasons. So he who forgets history is doomed to repeat it. Um, here are some other, other uh, aspects of this. I'm just going to um, give you brief. Um, in Russia, Muslim Muslim leaders issue fatwa 
quoting Quran to justify Ukraine invasion. They're saying, in other words, Muslim leaders in Russia are saying that Muslims, that the Quran says that Muslims um, killed in it are martyrs. I mean, we know that uh, any anyone, we know that uh, terrorists fighting for the Quran, fighting for Allah, of course, um, if they are killed, they are martyrs and they go to paradise. So Russians, Russian Muslim leaders are uh, issued a fatwa to make it a, a demand um, to get the, to justify the Ukrainian invasion. And they are, they are saying that, um, that any Muslims who happen to be killed in it are going to be martyrs. On the other hand, in Chechnya, um, the Mufti, the Muslim legal experts, who is empowered to give rulings on religious matters, he's saying, or they're saying, Chechens fight for Russia and Ukraine for the sake of Allah. They are at jihad. So we have various leaders telling their peoples um, to go fight. <laughs> Bottom line, to go fight. Now, there is also some other collateral damage. Um, it is not just this mixture of fighters, but um, some other things are happening while we're paying attention to the fight going on, the war going on in Ukraine. There are also other things happening. Um, for example, in Sweden, Muslim migrants tried to force their way into Ukrainian refugee accommodations for women. So um, in Sweden, you know, some of the um, Ukrainians have, well, Ukrainians, as I'm sure you know, have been leaving Ukraine, especially women and children. They've kept men in Ukraine um, who are between 18 and 60 so that they can fight for Ukraine, but women and children are allowed to leave, and they have been leaving uh, in huge numbers and um, have been have been uh, migrating into other countries like Sweden. And so Sweden has these um, these accommodations for um, Ukrainian women, and. Um, they and unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, Sweden has let in, as have many um, European countries. And quite frankly, this is going to be the well, we've been seeing the end of Europe because of all the migrations. But this war in in Ukraine is really making the numbers rise. Well, I'll, I'll continue, and you'll you'll understand what I'm saying. Um, now, the Quran teaches that infidel women can be lawfully taken for sexual use, uh, especially if they don't cover themselves adequately um, with their outer garments. So the, um, the, in, in Sweden, one night, first, I mean, this has been happening more than one night, but there's a story about this, this one night, uh, first, the Somalis came the, uh, at three o'clock at night. Two Somali men started knocking on the front door of the hostel where the Ukrainian women were. Um, without opening the door, the Ukrainian women tried to talk to the men outside. 
So one of them said, quote, they looked like African-Americans. If I expressed myself politely, oh, oh, if I expressed myself politely, they were black people, long and narrow with black skin color. Um, she explained that the men, that only Ukrainian women, oh, she told the, the Somalis knocking on the door. You know, this has been happening in, in all the European countries where Somalis and um and Middle Easterners have come in, have have migrated. They there have been much, there's an increasing number of rapes, and um, she explained to the men that only Ukrainian women and children live in the hostel. But the men said they tried to say that they have a friend who lives there, and she asked them what the friend's name was. And she told them that, no, this person, you know, they made up a name. So she said, no, this person isn't in the hostel. But the men didn't give up. And then a third Somali man came. Um, and so then the women went into their rooms and they locked themselves in. But somehow the Somali men found a way to enter the hostel. They started knocking on the door of a woman who lives with her two small children who were two and four years old. They were very scared. Um, then the Arabs came. At 5 o'clock in the morning, a group of Arab men came and tried to enter the hostel. They didn't manage to get in. Um, and the, the hostel now has uh, security guards to try to stop this from happening. Um, but the Ukrainian women don't want to call the police because they're not, uh, they haven't registered with the Swedish Migration Board yet, and they're afraid of getting into trouble and of being deported. But anyhow, this is happening all over Europe, and now it's happening to uh, Ukrainian women in Europe. I mean, it's just, uh, um, then we have um, Syrian, Iraqi, and Afghan Muslim migrants pass themselves off as international students in Ukraine to enter into Europe. So um, the Syrian, Iraqi, and Afghan migrants mingled with Ukrainian refugees and tried to say, um, here, let me, um, they're trying to say, that they're trying to hide their, their um, nationality and trying to hide their intentions by mixing in with the Polish uh, refugees, whether it's, you know, trying to say that they're students and international students. They're finding ways um, to mix in and to get into more European countries. Um, and then, then we have also Muslim migrant students, so-called students, try to rape fleeing Ukrainian women they called them Christian sluts. So there have been horrific scenes in the forest outside the border of Poland um, where natives of Muslim countries who have had the status of scholarship holders at universities there in Ukraine, um, you know, from these Middle Eastern or from the African countries, um, Basically, on the border of Poland and in various European countries, um, people from the Middle East and people from uh, Africa are trying to pass themselves off 
or not just trying to um, trying to rape, trying to get in and then trying to rape the Ukrainian women. And the Ukrainian women are saying that they um, they were more they they want to go home to Ukraine. Do you believe that? Because they're so terrified of these these people who are raping them, the Middle Easterners and the people from Africa, Somali, for notably, um, they want to go back to Ukraine to the to the, where war is. So this is going to be the collateral damage, another part of the collateral damage of the Russian-Ukraine war. Uh, There goes Europe. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your Terrorist Therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carroll, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.